I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to WrestleMe! <laughs> that was good, but that sounded really pro. That was really good. This is the first episode we've ever recorded on a Sunday. Yep. And I think God's looking down on us to do this WrestleMania. Yep. We're having a lovely time. We are, oh, we yeah. are. We've, we, we've been out. We've been out. We've had a couple of pints, so That's we're all right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're nicely licking up, so yeah, we're ready we for WrestleMania. Had a bit of wind stroll, didn't we? <laughs> we? We took 20 cc's of that to each bottom cheek to get us into the whole have you been Googling, vibe. Have you been Googling... Uh, I've been doing nothing but. but. <laughs> and, and, and there is a reason for that. We're, this is our first one where we're going to be looking at WrestleMania 8. Yes. And WrestleMania 8 is... It, it was quite a good WrestleMania until the main event, which is rubbish. Mm. There are a couple of really good matches in it. The Bret Hart, Roddy Piper one's really good. Yep. The Ric Flair, Andy Savage, I think is really surprisingly good. I'd forgotten yep. how good that was. And there's some stuff in between. The main event's terrible. But what this WrestleMania is, is historically really important. Mm. And so I have spent days going through <laughs> things like court transcripts from 1991. <laughs> because I want us to keep our houses <laughs> you've got to be so careful oh you do these days don't I you I had to edit something out of the last Wrestlemania you yep. won't have heard it you no. won't have heard it but we very late in the day yep. discovered something that we needed to edit out We, I, I, I parroted a rumour uh, <laughs> that is very well known yeah. uh, turns out actually if you afterwards hear yourself saying it you go I'm going to check that rumour, <laughs> and then you can't find a single thing no. that is in your favour for that rumour. It's no. very important it goes not, out. Not even an actual kind of sports website yeah. who, you know, they, they, they build their reputation on rumour and conjecture. Do you know what I saw about that thing, that particular rumour? Every time I typed in the rumour into yeah. Google, it would come up, and there'd be these stupid like website boards back from 1999, yeah. and it'd be full of people going, if you like you know, DX, you're absolutely retarded. And there'd be the mention of this rumour within mm. that sort of milieu. Yeah. But it would always say, <laughs> uh, did you hear about this rumour? That and I was like, even these, <laughs> even guys, these guys are watching are on their it. backs. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't. That was. Uh, I think that was up for a couple of hours. Yay! Hey. But we took it out, and it's fine. And so it never happened. <laughs> exactly. And if our lawyers are listening, we don't have lawyers. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, and please have some more money. I but don't know. I would say, if you are our lawyers, this episode is worth listening to <laughs> because this details that, that what's going on in the background of WrestleMania Eight is the. There's three really serious legal things mm. which almost derail the WWF entirely right, at this okay. point. This is this is a crux. Before this, a load of bad stuff has happened. Mm. After this, the 
results of all that bad stuff begin to happen. Ah. So... Uh, Come home to roost. Oh, do they ever. I mean, it's... It, uh, uh, basically, it's so hard to break down even to start, because mm. it's so legally complex. What happens in 1991 is there's a, a steroid case. Yes. Which a load of WWF wrestlers are named in. Mm. And they're not named during the case, they're named by the attorney who is trying to make a point about his client's relative innocence. Mm. This blows up, and it blows up huge. There's also a long-running sexual harassment allegation. Mm. So after the steroid thing comes out, a load of people come forward and they say, back in the 80s, I was sexually harassed by some of the senior members of the WWF. So they deal with that. There's also a thing where Vince McMahon has had some problems with the inland revenue. He's not not paid for stuff, but I think he's been investigated by them. And so what happens is with these three things coming out, they have a load of negative publicity, they have a load of lawsuits, they're really fighting them on every single sort of mm. uh, uh, a front. But that's going to make your brand toxic, isn't it, really? It does, but what, it, happens, what happens there is the US government look and they go, hmm, a lot of stuff happening here. There's this steroids thing, there's this sexual abuse and harassment case, which also involve people who are underage, mm. and illegal business practices. So they decide to put the WWF and its owner, Vince McMahon, under federal investigation. Right. So it's got that serious. Yeah. At this point... All of these three things are happening. They haven't yet had the nightmare of the government saying, we're now going to get involved. Mm. But it's on the horizon. And a lot of the, 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 the things that happen in this WrestleMania are a direct result of the pressures they're under. Mm. So it's one of the strangest WrestleManias in a lot of ways. It, it, it seems quite quaint because I guess nowadays we have scandals and we have business practices that are um, you know, uh, judged to be not, not the best. Um, and they never... Maybe there's just too much stuff to deal with. Like mm. Facebook aren't being investigated on a federal level. Um, these big companies aren't being investigated. Amazon's you know, work practices aren't being investigated on a federal level. But the WWE, or WWF back then, um, there was just fewer things to deal with, I guess, back then, maybe. I don't know. There was a funny thing where <laughs> people hadn't paid any attention to wrestling ever. Mm. And then they suddenly realised this was a billion-dollar yeah. company. And then they went, what's this about? Well, there were loads of people coming forward going, <clears throat> actually, it's being run in a way that most people would be horrified by. Yeah. And that, that, that's what happens here. It's, I mean, I don't know whether it's best for me to tell you about the trial mm. and then the knock-on effect it has. Yeah. Or if we just talk about the matches, which would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unfun, this. It's yeah. so unfun. Do you, know, do you know what the other difficult thing is? Now, I love it when Jimmy Snooker is accused of murder. I, yeah. I cannot get enough of that. It's spicy. It is, and it's simple to understand. <laughs> this one is the steroid trial. There are not just one steroid trial, there's a few. Mm. Uh, I'll try and break it down really quickly, mm. okay? There's a doctor who works for the WWE during the 80s. And yeah. His name is George Zahorian, and he's a urologist. Mm. And basically, what they need at every event that, that happens in the place where he lives, which is Hershey, Pennsylvania, when they, when they do an event there, it's the place where the chocolate comes from, um, <laughs> when they do an event there, they have to have a doctor at ringside. This is one of the old sort of uh, knockbacks to when it was a sport, mm. like a boxing commission. You have to have a doctor there. And this doctor, George Zahorian, was accused of also providing people with steroids. Now, I say he was accused. He was found guilty on 15 charges of this. Right. And a lot of the wrestlers testified to say, yes, they had been buying uh, steroids off him. Mm. The hard thing is, he did that from, I think, 84 to 89. Steroids don't become illegal until 88. 
So again, it gets a bit muddied as to timings and things. Yeah. He has this, this, this uh, uh, basically, there's a bodybuilder who he's been supplying with steroids who is uh, working with the government. And so they give him George Zahorian's name. George Zahorian is tipped off. When the government uh, go to arrest him, they find him in his office just shredding paper. <laughs> That's not the sign of a innocent man. You, you you don't have to say anything, but what you do say can be used in evidence against you. Shredding papers <laughs> frantically outside office hours. Yeah. Never a good look. No. Never a good look. <laughs> so... Uh, Zahorian had been don't providing... Don't keep papers. Don't just don't keep papers, I, guys. I mean, I mean, if you are going to be a criminal, do not keep papers. <laughs> don't keep papers. <laughs> and then, of course, if someone says, why don't you have papers? The answer is, you're a criminal. <laughs> I mean, it's as bad. <laughs> so Zahorian is providing steroids uh, and he's sending them to, to wrestlers. I think nearly 50 wrestlers are mm. found within the paperwork. I mean, that, so you can imagine 50 wrestlers yep. uh, spread right across the US. Yep, yep. In the intercontinental US. And that's the, hard. Then, you've, got to, you've got to keep them gone you, you yeah. it's not just a one shot kind of thing excuse my turn of phrase yeah it's every few months you yes. got to send these it is so so i think the 37 of these wrestlers mm. were related to the wwf and in the paperwork that hadn't been destroyed they found that he'd sent uh packages to hulk hogan yeah to uh, a guy called moondog rex who was not a body at all big sort of like doughy man oh, was he um, <laughs> didn't bother doing the work <laughs> just ate <Didn't>. them <laughs> got it entirely wrong um, <laughs> ultimate warrior and he'd also sent them to vince mcmahon number mm. of packages had also been sent to the wf's corporate headquarters right. titan towers in connecticut now uh they they asked Zahorian what was in these and he would either either say well i you know i don't remember Fair enough. Promotional confectionery. <laughs> sweeties. That's sweeties. actually what, one of the one of the, uh, Roddy Piper in his autobiography. Uh, he does talk about um, uh, sweeties, and they were uh, saying what, it's like a euphemism for oh, the boys need their sweeties. The boys need yeah. their sweeties. He said the doc was an extremely nice and very popular urolo- urologist who would supply various drugs to the wrestlers. He was also supplying them uh, with with painkillers. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they were doing this now now he was indicted in 1991 and they the the prosecutors wanted to call Hulk Hogan who was named mm. on some of these packages uh the WWF with their lawyer uh, they managed to argue to say Hulk Hogan has been mentioned very very briefly within the paperwork mm. whereas Roddy Piper has been mentioned a lot so let's keep Hulk Hogan out of this yes now the prosecution itself didn't name any of the wrestlers right uh, Roddy Piper went to the trial and he was put on the, uh, the witness stand mm. and he was questioned. Uh, and the lawyer said, did you have occasion to call Dr. Zahorian on March the 23rd of 1990 and ask him for anabolic steroids? And Piper replied, yes, I did. They said, what did you ask him for? He said, I asked him for some Winstrol and I believe some Decadurabolin. I'm not sure, maybe an anti-inflammatory too. Uh, and the third question was, did you receive the anabolic steroids you ordered from Dr. Zahorian? And Piper replied, yes, sir. All right. So they, th- there's not a question as to what was being sent. Roddy mm. Piper testified that he'd ordered steroids and he'd received steroids. Um, uh, the the jury went out. It was a very, very quick deliberation. The prosecutor thought that was a really bad sign because if you have a short deliberation, it normally means people are going to come up with a not guilty verdict. Right. That wasn't the case here. It was so open and shut. Uh, they found him guilty on uh, all the counts of illegally dispensing steroids. Mm. Now, what happens from there is everything is fine, but for the fact that Zahorian's attorney, the night before the trial begins, tried a very risky thing where he said... He wanted to get across the fact that Zahorian was actually helping people and it wasn't a thing that he was, you know, being reckless. Yeah. And this guy said, 
The use of steroids isn't limited to wrestlers. They're used throughout the WWF. Wrestlers either use them or they don't participate. And what he was trying to get across was he was saying Zahorian was, was helping them out in a job that they needed the steroids for. This entirely backfired. Right. So everyone started saying, what on earth? Everyone in the WWF is on steroids. Mm. Within a couple of days, Hulk Hogan is on the front page of one of the national American papers, and it's the, the headline is Hulk Bulk from a Bottle. Right. So this is going badly. Vince McMahon calls a press conference, brings everyone together. He says, yes, I admit I've used steroids uh, on a tiny amount of occasions in the past for injuries, but we're going to bring in a drug testing regime. What happens after that is that Hogan goes on Arsenio Hall. Yes. And when Arsenio Hall says to him, did you ever use steroids? Hulk Hogan says, I used them on uh, three occasions, he said, to get over a shoulder injury. He then got a little picture of himself when he was 12 years old playing Little League Baseball. And he said, I trained 20 years, two hours a day to look like I do, Arsenio. I'm not a steroid abuser, and I do not use steroids. And the problem with this is a lot of the wrestlers who are watching knew it was a lie. Yeah. And they hated the fact that Hogan, who was making millions, when they were not making very much money at all or were out of the business, Got they out knew of... he was a liar. Yeah. And the other big thing about Hogan, he was painted as this superhero and a big sort of hero to kids. Mm. And a lot of them thought, this is disgusting. If I'm being fair, a lot of those wrestlers had axes to grind and they couldn't wait to take Hogan down. Yeah, and hugely. They really did. They really <laughs> did. So this has happened in the summer before this WrestleMania. Mm. The other thing that's happened, which is a, a total nightmare, is the sex scandal. Mm. And again, it's, it's, there, were, there were two people involved. Uh, one was a ring announcer called Mel Phillips and another was uh, an employee called Terry Garvin, both of whom were accused by numerous people uh, about grooming offences or sexual harassment. For, like, ring boys, or what are they called? Ring boys? Yeah. They put the ring up and Yeah, Mel, like Mel Phillips in every town they went to had a sort of uh, roster of young guys who would come in and help him put the ring up. Mm. And he was uh, a foot fetishist. He would film their feet for hour after hour. It was all sort of horrible stuff. A ring boy called Tom Cole uh, came out and levelled accusations against Mel Phillips and also against Terry Garvin, who was uh, a, a, an assistant to Pat Patterson. Mm. Pat Patterson is the, uh, was the executive president at the time. He was the booker and the writer and the talent liaison. Very, very talented man. He was also gay. And it, he claims very much that his, his sexuality had sort of embroiled him with the three. The accusations made against them by some of the people were that the three of them called themselves the cream team and would sexually harass everyone who came near. There was mm. a Donahue show, again, where uh, a guy called Barry O, who was uh, the uncle of Randy Orton, talked about his sexual harassment that he'd suffered uh, in, the, in the late 70s and the early 80s from the people who were named in that. And there was also a guy who tested out to be an uh, announcer who was called Murray Hodgson. Uh, and he said that Pat Patterson had approached him saying, so you're the new guy, what do you taste like? Uh, and he said, I think you've got the wrong guy. And Pat Patterson replied, not if you want to keep your job, I haven't. Mm. Two weeks later, he was fired. And he had a contract that he said was good. On Donahue, Vince McMahon says, you just weren't good enough at this job. Mm. You didn't make the transition from radio to TV. That's why you were fired. But what had come out was a pattern of inappropriate remarks mm. uh, made by certainly three men involved in this and all of them were fired one of the big problems with firing Pat Patterson is that Pat Patterson was hugely involved in the creative side of everything which is why this Wrestlemania is a bit of a shit show right okay because he just wasn't involved in the actual because you sent me the uh, clip of, it's Donahue isn't it the, yeah. the, the name of the TV show um, 
I'm trying to think who's who's on that. Uh, who are the big wrestlers who are kind of a, a peer? You've got Vince McMahon is the is only man's, person yeah. really re- representing WWF. Mm. Uh, you've got superstar Billy Graham. So Billy Graham goes in quite hard, as does who's hard Bruno old man? Bruno Sammartino. Bruno Sammartino, he's in there as well. And they both really go hard, and I'm thinking... There aren't that many wrestling companies. Um, it was interesting to sort of see people, you know... Uh, bearing in mind that some of these people are in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, I presume, yeah. after this. So, like, they, they managed to get in there eventually. But, yeah, it's they, weird. They, they made it up with Billy Graham because he basically came forward and said, I lied, I was just bitter and I was mad. Many years later, he's since recounted that. And it, yeah. it's a very confusing thing. One of the first times they broke sort of uh, kayfabe, which is the, the, the notion of you know, this is all real, mm. was in the WWF magazine uh, that year, they printed a two-page thing where they basically sort of said, here's the real Billy Graham. He's a really bitter, stupid liar. I mean, it was mm. a really weird thing to have in just the middle put, of this. Just put the poster up. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to see a man who's a little bit mad. Yeah. I must admit, listen to this. I mean, the Donahue thing is worth seeing. It's a, it's, it's an interesting one, because seeing, like, um, an announcer, who, the, the guy who was kind of chinned off by uh, McMahon for... for uh, Murray Hodgson, yeah. Murray Hodgson for apparently not being good enough. It's like... A lot on that video, people are basically saying that um, McMahon kind of chinned everyone off. He was brilliant in this in this TV show. He was on the fucking back foot all the way yeah. through this TV show. Wasn't he? He was massively rinsed by everyone who came into contact with Entirely. him. Entirely. And, and the way that they talk about wrestling in this TV show reminds me of the way they talk about, I don't know, competitive gaming nowadays yeah. or um, YouTubers and things like that. They yeah. only ever talk about wrestling in the way that it makes a lot of money. So yeah. they, they never talk about what it's about. They just sort of go, well, inexplicably, this company makes billions of dollars it every year. It ends with a woman standing up and they've asked everyone to say questions. And this is after an hour of hearing mm. a number of men say that they suffer, you know, very, very traumatic sexual harassment, mm. which also uh, costs them their jobs. Yeah. And the last thing is a woman stands up and she goes, I just think wrestling's so tacky. And everyone goes, woo! <laughs> and it's really, you know, they, they cut back to the wrestlers and they're sitting there going, I've really just told you a story about how I was sexually yeah, harassed. Exactly, I mean, yeah. you know, keep your <laughs> dumb opinion to your fucking self, you moron. Um, but it opens, I mean, the whole thing about this is, is you have Donahue opening it up and everyone's tittering. Yeah. So he sort of, there's a line he opens it, he sort of says, um, now stepping forward, a lot of men saying there's a good deal of gay sex abuse in the world of wrestling. And there's laughter. Mm. And he has to go, no, oh, don't laugh, he says. Before you think this is trivial, yeah. he says, before you think it's trivial. <laughs> and they spend the entire time laughing. So Murray yeah. Hodgson says, I was um, approached and, uh, you know, a, a, an inappropriate remark was made. And Donahue sort of goes, oh, I doubt if a man makes an inappropriate remark, it's going to be couched in that sort of thing. What did he say exactly? Yeah. And Murray Hodgson sort of goes, no, I'm not going to go into it here. Um, he's got proper dignity. Yeah. And, you, and, you know, this poking and sort of laughing. Yeah. And there's loads of references to big guys like you, mm. you know, being sexually harassed. Mm. Oh, you know, get you. Yeah, the idea of you being too strong to be sexually harassed and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, you know, Ima- imagine, which is a nonsense. Imagine coming forward with those stories back then. Yeah. You go, well, this is going to cost me my job and I'm also going to do it on national TV. Yeah. Uh, and the host, not even the audience. And, be- and bearing in mind your entire um, life is being the big guy, being the yeah. strong guy. Yeah. And you're willing to go on national television and go... I was effectively abused, you know, yeah. like by somebody. Yeah, which, I mean, I mean you know, Barry, Barry O talks about uh, being in the back of a car and mm. being felt up, and he sort of says, I thought it was a joke at first, but then I think it became harassment. Yeah. You know, a really sort of nuanced way of doing it, you know, that, that he's 
taking it on himself and going, actually, what happened to me, it, it wasn't just funny. Mm. It was something that was actually quite serious. And everyone's tittering. Yeah. You know, really, oh, this is hilarious. You look at the different way that, um, like, Terry Crews' um, kind of stories that had come out in the last, yeah. last, last couple of years and stuff, how differently he is treated to the way that those wrestlers were treated in that room on that TV show. Yeah. I think it's, it's stark. It really is. It really is. I, I hope everyone in that audience has lost their teeth in an accident <laughs> because they are disgraceful absolutely disgraceful people what what is kind of funny is you see these these little bits where wrestling it, it doesn't help itself so vince spends the entire time refuting allegations made by superstar billy graham and mm. graham is is not so much about about the 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 steroids which this show is less about it's more about the sex abuse yeah. and vince man keeps coming back to the point of saying if i understood this was going on why would i cover it up you know, I've got a big company. Why mm. on earth? But he spends the whole time, he just refers to superstar Billy Graham as superstar. Yeah. So he's going, superstar, if I was doing this. And it is a weird thing when someone <laughs> is, is, you know, confesses to lying about what they've seen and what they've done. And yeah. you're defending yourself and everyone who works for you. And you're having to call that person. <laughs> superstar. Li- listen, Mr. Brilliant. Right? <laughs> Why? Why? So, like, imagine if it was like the truth or something. <laughs> yeah. Listen, oh, the truth. Listen. I don't agree with what you just said. Listen, I absolutely agree with you. Dotcom. <laughs> 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 that, that's a sort of modern name, isn't it? Um, and Bruno Sammartino's there as well. And he, he talks Hard about... Man. He, he talks about the drugs that he's seen, the more the recreational drugs, I think. And he, yeah. he says, well, I said to Vince Man, I'm never going to travel in a car with a wrestler doing drugs. Mm. So he would have known they were doing drugs yeah. because I've, I've mentioned it. Mm. There's a really funny bit where a child stands up in the audience and they have the most perceptive question of it all. And the child stands up right at the end and he says... Uh, can I just say, um, uh, Barrio, you've been to prison. Bruno, you've had a long-running thing because your son got sacked. Isn't this just a case of sour grapes? And Bruno just goes, ah, sit down. <laughs> sit down. What do you know? Ah, shut your mouth. It's, it's really, you know, oh, that didn't come off well. But every time they cut to a break, Vince McMahon audibly gulps. He goes, <laughs> it's such bad PR. That was a revolting sound. Apologies for that, but once again, across two things that came out of it, which, which uh, uh, that I think it's very important in a WrestleMe context. Roddy Piper. I was watching something. He was talking uh, about Pat Patterson, and mm. he did say Roddy Piper started in the business in Canada. Uh, when he was about 15. And he, he talks in one of these interviews, shoot interviews, uh, about how difficult it was being in uh, wrestling as at 15. Yeah. And they say, oh, right, so what, what do you mean? And he says, oh, I don't really want to talk about it, which is a slightly disingenuous way mm. of, uh, of, of getting into a story. But he does mention that um, Lord Alfred Hayes once... Uh, <laughs> he, he was a, a common thing that Lord Alfred Hayes would do is expose his cock. Right. And someone says he's famously he's got Look a, at my cock. He's got a <laughs> cock like an elk. Right. I don't know what if you, that's curly? like an elk's cock or like, the oh, size of an elk okay, with right. two great big bits coming off the end. Who knows? Um but he said that Alfred Hayes. I, I would imagine Alfred Hayes, like, misses cute against Cockout, <laughs> gets it trapped in his fly, it starts bleeding everywhere. I, I've, 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 I've unfortunately unveiled a breast. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd say, Roddy Piper said. I can't said, even do this right. <laughs> he said he'd chase him round the dressing room with his cock, right. just going, Roddy! Roddy! Oh, no. So he sort of says, Yes, it was meant as a joke, he said, but I've also got nowhere to go. So, so I mean, it's it, uh, yes, it is, it is, it is horrific. It is, it is awful. It was also as painful as this sounds to say. 
part of that stupid heterosexual locker room mentality. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. of these guys travelling around, and Alfred Hayes would occasionally get out his knob with a monocle on the end no. <laughs> and chase a fictional Scotsman around a room with it. I mean, but but, but this is quite apart from the um, sexual, you know, yes, they, they, you know entirely, it's completely, entirely, entirely separate. The, the, but it is, but it is um, a, a young man going, what the fuck? I know. know. But I, re- you know. In the getting the willy thing out, mm. I remember being uh, when I was young and you know seeing friends or you know people getting their nub out as a joke and stuff, and I'd be like horrified, like how yeah. could you do such a thing? That's your penis. I hit thirty; it's the funniest thing. <laughs> you're with friends, you're in a circle, and you're going, "Where are we going to go next?" And I've got my penis out, <laughs> and people look down and they oh, they don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't even want to see it, and it never stops being funny. My grandma used to work in a council office uh, mm. in. Northwest London, and they used to have a tea man, and that seems seen as being very sort of you know progressive. Yeah, and he was a sort of oily man who used to work <laughs> in the like the basement doing the boiler. But he also had a tea trolley, and part of it was he used to come round to see the ladies to give them their tea. Right, and that was a sort of thing in the in the early eighties that was quite a progressive move. And what he had was he'd push the thing round. There'd be all the teacups, and there was an oily rag near the teacups. And <laughs> if you got the thing he just stand there and there was the oily rag and invariably one of the ladies would go horrible old oily rag and when they lifted it up to take it off he'd had his cock underneath right Jesus so Christ that. my grandma that said that is very different to what I do Mark <laughs> <laughs> and what Sir and Alfred do you know Hayes the name does? of that worker <laughs> it was Peter Donaldson of the football ramble <laughs> but she, she worked out that what you had to do is you just had to lift up the rag pretend not to see it and then put a cup of tea down on it and then he'd <laughs> stop doing it and he did stop doing it um, I won't name the council but uh, that building has been destroyed and not before time um, there's, there, there are some bits of, uh, and again it's, you know, you're not laughing at what's happened but this whole Donahue thing is, is a disgusting circus and I'm aware of saying that when we're talking about wrestling and the idea that something is more of a disgusting circus than wrestling seems unimaginable <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a bit where a lady from the audience asks how many wrestlers are keeping their job by giving sexual favours. And Barry O, who's not worked in the WWE for a while, he goes, I know at least uh, one person. Um, and it just at least one is mm. not a good answer. So it doesn't seem like necessarily it is as big as a problem they're making up. There is no one who is saying, let's take Vince McMahon at face value. And when he says he doesn't know, or when he says he's trying to get, you know, the three men were all uh, fired from the company. Yeah. Uh, uh, partly as a PR thing. Vince McMahon, I'm sure didn't want Pat Patterson to go. Certainly, in all the stuff that you hear, it doesn't seem like Pat Patterson had anything that was necessarily a firing matter about. Um, uh, uh, Nobody is standing up for Vince. And what happens here in this period is Vince McMahon feels the world is against him. Mm. And as soon as the federal government get involved, he begins having this thing, which I think he still has, that he's the ultimate outsider. Right. And it's funny that... But that's wrestling all over, though, isn't it, in many ways? It is. Possibly less so now, but... Even, like, wrestling fans nowadays, like, they're not, you know, before I started this, you know, I, I would sort of, I tell people I do, like, a wrestling podcast, and, like, I, you know, people don't understand it, I think, no. and that's the main thing. People, I think. people also, I mean, he's a billionaire, but he's, it's almost that same thing as going, like, Paul Raymond, the king of Soho. Yeah. He's a very wealthy man, mm. but you get the impression that in their neighbourhood, and this is something that Vincent Land's talked about before, the neighbourhood he lives in, everyone around him looks down on him. Yeah. Because it's grubby money, it's mm. earned money, and it's from something that they think is beneath them. Mm. So it, it does have... There, there is a certain amount of, of 
connection with people who make a lot of money through porn mm. and through wrestling. It's a physical action, it's about beautiful bodies, and mm. it's something that nobody would necessarily want to be seen watching in front of their peers. Yeah, it's a guilty little pleasure, it's a mm. construct, it's, it's the lower end of acting, let's say, I don't know, it's, yeah... And fundamentally, it ruins uh, bodies. <laughs> it does. And I tell, you, I tell you what else it ruined. It ruined WrestleMania 8. The problem... <laughs> it really <wrestled> ruined <laughs> I mean, WrestleMania that's, That 8. is the least important part it's of it. It's good that we had something to blame it on, though. <laughs> this, <laughs> this time round, we've had previous WrestleMania's, like, well, you know, at least we've got something to blame it on this time round. What, what happens in this one is it costs us what would have been... Ah, it's Again, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Would it have been the biggest main event of all time? Mm. It certainly should have been a WrestleMania main event, which was Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Yes, this was kind of the big thing. Flair comes in in fall 1991, leaves yep. WCW, and since 1985, they have been the two top men in the rival organisations, WWF mm. and the NWA. Yeah. And for years, it's so difficult to explain what this is like to someone who, who wasn't there. But the idea that one day they would meet it was the biggest dream match. There has never been a dream match that is like it. You could right. say, maybe, I don't know, Daniel Bryan versus Okada. That would be, or they're in different places, but there's every chance they'll have a match at some point. Yeah. With Hulk Hogan and Flair, it seemed like it would never happen. Flair finally leaves WCW over a contract negotiation dispute, and Vince McMahon extends the olive branch to him after Flair rings and says, I'd like to come over. Mm. He comes over, and they are building towards a Flair-Hogan match. They're, they're, they're both, the hard thing is they sort of dispute whether they were or not. They certainly had a, a number of house show matches. They did, yeah, because I read they had some house shows and they, they didn't work together very well. Well, the matches were fine. They mm. went to count-outs and disqualifications, but they were surprised that they weren't better attended. That, right. that was one of the things. The main reason it didn't happen was after all these years, the WWF saying they were number one, they couldn't have a match with Hogan and Flair where Flair beat Hogan. Because yeah. that would say, all these years, we've been saying we're number one. Actually, the NWA are number so one. So Hogan always had to win. Hogan had to win. Right. And we're at a point here where Hogan can't win because we're stuck in the middle of this steroid thing and they know if there's anything going to come out of it, Hogan is going to end up being exposed for being on steroids. Yeah. So they have a period where they say, we can't put the belt on him because the worst thing is we have our champion. That would be the terrible thing. We need to sideline Hogan. Mm. And sidelining Hogan means you can't put the belt on him. And if you can't put the belt on him, you can't have him beat Flair at yeah, WrestleMania. But you're sidelining the entire WWF by doing that, by by sort of not being able to, um, you know, put all your eggs into the Hogan basket. It's like, yeah. it's like we're literally going, well, what have we got anymore? Like, yeah. you, you put everything into this, all the toys are of Hogan, and everything like that and it's just and the plausible ridiculousness like the plausible deniability of, of having these gigantic men who are all fucking juicing yeah like just sort of going <laughs> like how, you know, how can you suddenly go that person is doing that but everyone's on it you know the funniest thing they do here nobody is, they is go, big enough they go who are the people who will be able to replace Hogan when he goes down you know or if he has to take some time out because of the accusations of steroids yeah. who are those people the ultimate warrior and Sid Justice fucking Sid Justice Jesus Christ within four weeks <laughs> <laughs> Within four weeks of the WrestleMania 8 main event being over, Sid Justice uh, has gone, Ultimate Warrior lasts a couple of weeks, Roddy Piper has left, Hogan is having this big steroids thing, everything is fucked. <laughs> Absolutely fucked. <laughs> so they look back and they go, do you know who was good there and who the crowd liked? Bret Hart. Yeah. And that takes us in an entirely different direction. Without this this doctor being mm. done for steroids, there's every chance that wrestling... We either would be still seeing huge, lumbering, great people and it yeah. would be boring and rubbish, 
or the WWF would have folded in 95. Right. You know, there's absolutely no way. So, in so a we've got this way, clean-cut, decent technical performer who, who comes in. You get people sort of... who are not, obviously, taking performance-enhancing drugs. Right. I mean, that's that's 100% it. Yeah. So, in a weird way, all of this nightmare stuff changes the business, and it's hard to say that it didn't change it for the better. Right. You're still seeing many, you know, a generation on, there are still all these people who are dying with enlarged hearts because they're taking steroids. Mm. Steroids are pumping through their systems, their hearts are getting larger, and they're dying at 32. You, uh, you, you can list them, but it's so depressing, I don't want to. Yeah. You, you know, it, you, uh, I, I just want like, the good, honest de- death of bladder cancer and John, John Tenter. That's exactly. What I honest. Or, you know, like, Big like, fat man. Luscious, luscious Johnny Valiant, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Johnny. I think, I think in, a, in a funny way, the figurehead of this show. Um, <laughs> who, he died at 71, he was hit by a car. What he didn't mm. die of was being 32 and in front of a bathroom mirror, uh, brushing his teeth and yeah. just drops dead. And then the toxicology reports come back and they go, essentially, you are uranium. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, it's such a well, sad thing to have happened. Because obviously, he d- he's d- in between the last uh, recording and this, he did, l- uh, Luscious Johnny did die, obviously. Yes, he did, yeah. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, very sad. I, you know, I, don't, I wasn't hoping why for a comeback. All, why, is it, <laughs> why is it also automobile related? Oh, no. I don't know what it is about wrestlers. They're just, are they just too heavy that they get propelled out of windows <laughs> and shit? I don't, they just die on the road I or getting hit by cars or... I think, I think they move geez. slowly. Because because their 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 joints are terrible and they're gigantic and I think they're naturally quite aggressive <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're probably cantankerous as they get older uh, and and then they get hit. Well, I'm a big guy, so uh, that car's probably going to come off worse than I will. So <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm dead. I, I, I do think it's a real shame that we didn't you know we didn't get. Hogan versus Flair. I think they could yeah. have done a really good job because when they settle for Flair versus Randy Savage, they give it this tacked on uh, she was mine before she was yours yes. with Elizabeth where Rick is supposedly been out Just with Elizabeth. Me, I mean, and, and for me, I mean, this show is very much looking at a snapshot of wrestling every year. Yeah. And I'm coming at this, I'm going... I mean, I know of the man who says he's the uh, oldest ride, longest line guy. Yeah. Who goes, whoo, a lot. Yeah. Like... But I've never seen him in a WWE context. I've never seen him in a WWF context. So I'm like, who's this guy? And why is he such a big... Yeah, why is this a thing? Like, why <laughs> Why should I care about this man turning up and he's been with fucking, you know... They, they set him up so well because the Royal Rumble earlier in the year, right. he came in at number... I think it's actually two rather than one. Okay. But he outlasted everyone to win the belt. And it's yes, just... Okay. It, it's one of the great performances of that era. Okay, right. Um, it, it, Flair is just brilliant. And actually, watching his, 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 his uh, vignettes back where mm. he's doing it, he is so good at it. But he I mean, we'll, is so funny. I we'll, know we'll get to that. We'll, 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 we'll come into the actual show. We've not even started the show. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll squeeze in one match before the end of the show. We'll squeeze in one match before the end of the show. I think it's fair to it, say. It's, 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 it's a real shame they didn't go with Hogan Flair. Um, yes. You do see it in 94. They're both in WCW. Uh, they do right. the, the pay per view together at Bash of the Beach 94, and it doubles what WCW have been doing before. With the WrestleMania machine behind it, it could have been brilliant. And yeah. it's just a shame that it all just fell mm. to shit. Um, they never really had they, they had a really bad sort of jerky run together mm. and it really took away a lot of the excitement of seeing them it could right. have been spectacular because when I read um, you know uh, like blogs about wrestling and stuff and because mm. and, I, I like to kind of because I'm only looking at this as like a snapshot, but I like to sort of get what people who actually you know love the technicality of, of wrestling yeah. uh, like about the, about the, the matches because I, I don't feel like I've I don't feel like I've got it, you know what I mean? I can mm. watch a wrestling, I can sort of, I know how I feel about it, but I like to get a bit of a more rounded view. 
And when you sort of read stuff about, um, you know, why they didn't do the the, the Flair versus um, Hogan, um, everyone just sort of says, oh, they just had some terrible house shows. And I'm thinking, they've had terrible shows at WrestleMania. It's never really stopped yeah. them. This show at the end is a terrible yeah. bloody match. W- w- would so would, like, would a, a, a Hogan and Flair, where they're both, you know, not quite hitting their cues, mm. be worse than <laughs> Hogan and Sid Justice had any of it worked? <laughs> the answer is, of course it fucking would We'll get on over fucking Sid Justice. Ugh. Oh, I, I maybe want to stop doing the podcast. <laughs> Dreadful. Uh, he is... He is... Shite. Let's, Just let's, shite. Let's not make you worry about what we're going to say about him. <laughs> he is... He is a massive... Blonde-haired turd. He is <laughs> so. He is ugh. the shit. There's a great bit in WCW where he Fucking once jumped ramen-head cunt. <laughs> he jumped off the second turnbuckle and he breaks his leg and it's grisly and the bone is sticking out. It's like yeah. the worst wrestling injury. It's literally like 35 centimetres off the floor he couldn't even <laughs> jump that and when it happened it's impossible not to go oh that's fucking great <laughs> he could let me let, let me stress if if he ever finds me he could kill me in seconds um, but it would be worth it he'd fuck it up he's still about no he'd miss his cue yeah exactly he'd try and push he, me down the stairs I'd end up I'd end up floating up into the air you know <laughs> just the fucking work a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, welcome to the Hoosier Dome. Welcome Dome's. to the, who's, the Hoosier Dome. Welcome to WrestleMania. <laughs> Two taglines this time, the macho flair affair and friendship torn apart. Oh, friendship torn apart. That's nice, isn't it? I think that's awful. That's every wrestling match ever. Friendship torn apart sounds like something the Care Bears are doing. Friendship torn apart. Why do I care if if Sid Justice has got fucking friends? (laughs) Kick him in the teeth. 
Ah, uh, it's it's uh, it's the only <laughs> WrestleMania that's got two main events. Although yep. it's also the WrestleMania where the WWF title is not the main event. It's the first time that happens. Oh, okay, um, right. And it's also the only time we have a shitty end, which is a disqualification in the main event. Yeah. Dis- Does that not happen a lot in WrestleMania? No, eight? because no. they did it at WrestleMania 8, and, and it <laughs> fucking tanked. It stank up the Yeah, it did. I remember watching this, and I remember yeah. that happening, and thinking, how have they done this at WrestleMania? How have they ruined yeah, WrestleMania? They- <laughs> this is... It'd be a bit <laughs> like saying, do you know what, we haven't, you know, actually, Sid Justice, you know, Hogan can't make WrestleMania, so it's going to be Sid Justice versus... <laughs> Sid Justice. Versus Sid Justice. Big fucking mirror. And we're not even giving them different coloured trunks. <laughs> They're going to have the same coloured trunks. This is as bad as it will get. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, there is a... Uh, 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 if you hate Sid Justice... Oh, I can't believe we're doing him so early. If you hate Sid Justice, there's a really good uh, WCW Clash of the Champions right. where he takes on a guy called the Night Stalker, Brian Clark, which is probably the worst Major League televised <laughs> wrestling match you've ever seen in your life. It is... It's so bad, I can't tell you. They, 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 they try and wrestle, and actually... The whole time, they they almost barely can't touch each other. They are so off. It's amazing. It's, you couldn't you couldn't do it if you tried. Um, and they managed to do it for about five minutes. It's just astonishing. Well, you had um, you um, showed me. Did you show me? Oh, like I think you um, on the Wrestle Me account, mm. the Twitter account at Wrestle Me Pod. Um, you were mentioning who you would put in your kind of um, my my uh, Mount Rushmore. Your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, one of which is Terry Funk. Now I didn't mm. know anything really about Terry Funk so I give him a Google and stuff and this is really weird um, show where he basically does so there's one show where there's like five people in this auditorium and they're doing some kind of TV match and it's so cheap and shit Um, but then you show me another one which was basically He's he's basically challenged another wrestler to a match, like a non-televised match, and like basically this this chain-smoking TV presenter turns up at like midday at some kind of like it's pre-wrestling the, show thing. The Mid South Coliseum. So the Mid South Coliseum. Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk. Right. In their infamous empty arena match. <laughs> <laughs> it's so empty though, Mark. Ma-ah! <laughs> it's so weird. Lola, ma he, he, he gets him in the eye and he just starts screeching for five minutes. He is the best. <laughs> <laughs> they, I was reading about this in Jerry Lawler's autobiography recently and he um, he does mention they did this and Jerry Lawler said it, I found it really embarrassing because we were sort of like so aware of how quiet it was yeah. that he said, I was sort of going, oh, I'm going to get you Terry Funk and he'd go, oh, I sound so stupid. <laughs> and Terry Funk is just like, well, this is, this is no different from any other day of work. I'm going to throw myself into it. I have no embarrassment and I am just brilliant um, <laughs> I, I think they had it because I think there was something like Terry Funk couldn't do uh, the big night so they sort of went oh well let's right. not waste having him here let's quickly just get this done and it's one of the most famous it was one of the ones you always used to see advertised in wrestling videotapes in the back of wrestling magazines oh it was like a kind of naughty video like well, yeah, kind of volume like a, 8 and it yeah. would be the infamous Terry Funk Jerry Lawler <laughs> empty arena match but I, I the, the screaming he does <laughs> there is not enough <laughs> screaming in <laughs> wrestling <laughs> I love Terry Funk. Terry Funk, one of those guys as well that you can just see. He starts in the 70s in America. In the late 70s and up to the mid 80s, he's in Japan and he is the hugest star in Japan, Mm. along with his brother Dory Funk Jr. And then you actually can keep on watching him. He goes to the NWA, has some classics with Ric Flair. Right. And then he ends up launching essentially ECW with his star power. And then he goes to Japan and does these death matches and really makes Mick Foley 
of his career, and then oh, 2000, yeah. he's in Beyond the Mat, and he's really the heart and soul of that. He's a remarkable, remarkable performer. I mean, he's mm. just just knockout. Um, he could have saved this WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would uh, there, there are some like 86. He had a series of of matches with Hulk Hogan for the WWF title, and he is just brilliant. He's, right. he's so he's just everything I want to see in a wrestler. <laughs> uh, he really is. He 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 screeches like a pig. He's funny. <laughs> he's good at wrestling. Uh, and he's still alive, which I like because it seems like a victory. It seems like he's wrestling um, the, the undeniable certainty that most wrestlers don't live very long. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we will give you the first match of uh, the. We've got to. Show. We can't not. No, we can't. Um, yeah, Reba McIntyre does the, the national anthem. Yes, good. That was uh, that was nice. I um, like it that she does that thing of going. I don't need fucking music. Because she, she, she's got a giant belt buckle and big zhushed up hair. Doesn't Beautiful. she? Beautiful she's hair. also surprised by the reception she gets. Yes, because she has that thing. I think as most people do, going. I've got to sing in front of wrestling fans. I imagine <laughs> they'll be banging their fists together on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she's like, "Oh, that's amazing." But I love that thing of just going. I don't need music because no. mate, I can sing. Oh, 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 you perfect. Think, you think you can sing? <laughs> Watch this. Um, but uh, a good attendance as well here. It's, uh, they had about 15,000 tickets they gave out. Right, okay. But I think there are three times as many people as there were at WrestleMania. Seven, yeah, well, so. it's, a, it's one of those big kind of inflated domes. Um, I actually watched this one. Remember, like, last time we had that inflated roof? Yeah, the, the, the Pontiac snow, Silverdome. Yeah, the Pontiac yeah. Silverdome. The snow destroyed it. Um, when they demolished this, it was really interesting. So, like, if you would... Um, if you notice with these big inflated roofs, when you open the front doors to get in... Mm. Um, the air rushes out because it's all inflated right. so they've got to have these fans turning 24-7 to keep the air in effectively in, into this dome it's That's so weird a bad design it, like it seems rather medieval imagine but you if, have... if your house collapsed because <laughs> every time you, you open, turned yeah, off the fan you left the door open <laughs> uh, there were warnings on every door basically saying there's gale force winds as you come in because every, all, of, all the air's <laughs> escaping so they had to run these fans 24-7 and when they actually collapsed it when they were going to drop it, uh, when they were going to drop it to the ground and demolish it, they had to turn the fans off. And so, the, so over you know the course of a few hours, the basically the roof just goes. Yeah, it's so weird. It's such a we- like it's such a weird design. You sort of think, well, there must be holes somewhere to let the air. Oh, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I like but, the way you become quite interested in stadium in stadiums, architecture. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It really, it's really got me interested in these kind of like mid-level, mid-sized stadiums. Yeah, that, like I'd never get to experience otherwise because football's usually like a hundred thousand. Yeah, but like you know, this place is probably cracking off like forty, thirty, something like that. But yeah, yeah, and, like, sixty-two thousand was the oh, the, decent, decent, the official yeah. attendance. Right, it's, okay. it's often inflated. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, but it was one of the biggest crowds they'd. Had until 2001 mm. when everything explodes. Massive uh, graphics. So I always like to talk about the graphics as well. Massive graphical overhaul. Yeah. And um, shapes and logos, and then Hulk Hogan's in the background, sort of hanging out, hanging out. Very and... 90s sort of French lesson video. Yes. Uh, or, or like a Judy Bloom book. Mm. When you look on the back of a sort of um, Sweet Valley romantic, High book. Very romantic. Yeah. And it sort of comes out saying like Ric Flair and Hogan with his tash, and it looks a bit <laughs> wrong. And they t- and they try <laughs> exactly. And they um so it, it, it all kicks off with um, Monsoon and Heenan there. They, yeah. they, they start it all. And, Gorilla's and, last WrestleMania. And Bob, oh. Bobby Heenan is absolutely on fire. He is on fire. In this one. It's absolutely astonishing. So, so many jokes out of nowhere. <laughs> really yeah. great. He really works very hard. He's um, he, he goes big on the Ariba jokes. Yes. Because obviously it leads into... Um, Tito Santana. Tito Santana. Versus Shawn Michaels. Yes. El Matador, I think yeah. it was his uh, title. But like, so they had, a, they, had a, they had a dark show. That was the first thing. 
Oh, they had a dark match. What they had a dark match. That was the Bushwhackers versus the Beverly Brothers. So we are, we don't need to talk. So we don't need to talk about the Bushwhackers, which is great. Fant- which is I, fantastic. I, all of their matches should have been dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you, um, there's, we have to do a special on uh, the stag do the. Um, the, the bachelor party, the bachelor party, macho man's bachelor macho party, macho man's bachelor party. We have to do a special about that. Forty-five minutes of nonsense. I have from start to finish. Bushwhackers turn up with a big, long, mass. You know like those big American sandwiches that are like five foot long. A, a sort of hoagie. Yes. What we used to call a sub. Yeah, but it's like you know three feet long, yeah. four feet long, and it's like um, and it's they filled it with like sardines or like a really horrible like pilchards or something like a horrible <laughs> horrible fish, and they love it because they're the, dirty bushwhackers. The, the, everything the bushwhackers do is slightly what I imagine. Like a, a, what you'd think a paedophile was. <laughs> you say, oh, they like eat, a real they, baddie, like they, a bogeyman. Yeah, they they pilchered sandwiches <laughs> and then they, they and they lick each other's faces <laughs> and they wrestle the Beverly Brothers. I mean, they do lick kids' faces. So yeah. I mean, not not not, not million master, is it, Mark? No. Really? No. I mean, Bushwhackers both still alive. Let's make it clear: neither of them are paedophiles. Thank you. Good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel much more confident about this series continuing. <laughs> <laughs> do I, I should have done a drop there. Should have done a little kind of <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> pedos. <laughs> that would be the perfect place to put in a sting for our merch. Um, <laughs> just after that, if you're interested in buying Resident Evil merch, Butch and Luke, not nonces. <laughs> <laughs> I am a nonce whacker because <laughs> that sounds like you're one of those vigilante groups. Yeah, who bother men or who bother pedophiles <laughs> on the on, on Facebook? <laughs> of a pilchard with a cross through it. <laughs> no pilcharding. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that oh. dark match. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> ten minutes. Ten minutes went on for. Oh, Come my the internet. God, bloody they, hell. There's um, what, uh, a couple of notes um, from the people in the in the crowd. I always like to kind of get a handle on because the crowd has <laughs> yeah. changed so much from yeah, yeah. Don't they? There's no montage while uh, Reba sings. Um, they zoom in on, on two little girls who look absolutely mesmerised by what's going on. Yeah. A lot of fat men with binoculars this time round, which is Ooh. quite nice. So there must have been a, a much bigger uh, place. Um, and then there's one man who's waving, when they do the national anthem, he's waving like a teeny tiny flag, <laughs> and it looks like he's taken out of a burger. You know when they put a little flag in a burger? <laughs> I, I did, because I noticed <laughs> him. Because I watched Watching this one, I thought... Man, they're all being really patriotic and everyone's standing up, <laughs> but not one of them knows the words no. to the national anthem. No. And some of them are having a go and they're all getting it wrong. <laughs> and there's a bloke who, he looks like a serial killer, the guy yes, with the little stars and stripes. Yeah, yeah. Even him standing up. And there's another bloke in like a stars and stripes shirt. <laughs> None of them know the who words like, to Who it. looks like a big fat John Malters? <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> I also noticed there's a bit where the camera swoops round and a guy holds up a newspaper that's got an advert for WrestleMania 8 on it. <laughs> and he's holding up the advert for WrestleMania 8. <laughs> You're already here, mate. At WrestleMania 8. We're already watching it, mate. mate, mate Steve, Steve's done. Steve, job's <laughs> done, mate. Steve's, what are you trying to achieve? <laughs> what are you trying to achieve? I know it's WrestleMania 8, mate. 15 minutes of just graphics. I don't need you holding up some third-rate black-and-white newspaper advert. I, I know where I am. I don't need your help. I'm in the Hoosier Dog. I'm in the Hoosier Dog. Yeah. Uh, first match, Shawn Michaels with Sensational Sherry. Def- uh, I know he said defeating the El Matador. That's what happens. Please, Spoilers. Please don't give away oh, results. Again. I know. I don't it's know. the last thing anyone wants. <laughs> I did ask uh, uh, today, just, just what I mentioned we were doing WrestleMania 8, yes, so yeah, I did yeah, ask yeah. people if, if there's anything they wanted to really comment. You know, it's, uh, some great stuff came in. Mm. Um, the last thing that came in was uh, a, a little tweet from at uh, Mike in Palmer. And oh, he yes. did just say, uh, too late, because I said it was only be two hours and it was actually about four hours ago. We went to the pub. <laughs> too late, but Sherry was sexy as fuck. 
She was sexy as fuck. She will remain as sexy as fuck. She is. There's a great bit as well where Gorilla Monsoon is delighted that she's got a tattoo on her chest. And <laughs> yes. he, he sort of goes, got a tattoo right in her chest. And he's laughing like, I mean, what is this world coming to? <laughs> and I, I think in a way it's good that he didn't live to see now where everyone's got tattoos on their chest. Everywhere. And we women have got tattoos on their chest. You wouldn't think twice. No. And he looks at that. It's like saying she's had a, I don't know, she's had a, she's had a roast chicken stitched <laughs> under her skin. <laughs> he cannot get over how bizarre it is. But she Why looks she done great. That? She's not going to get a job. <laughs> she's not going to get a job in the office, he no. says. <laughs> she won't need it. She'll be dead before she's 50. Yep. Um, Gorilla <laughs> says, uh, who do you think does her makeup? Helen Keller? And that's a bit of an off-colour yeah, joke. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. Well, she, yeah, sensation. Yeah, um, I think it's... Um, Gorilla, is it Gorilla? I think it's Gorilla says, uh, she don't really need makeup. She's a natural beauty. She is wearing a lot of makeup. She is. She's, she, she's probably not a natural beauty. I, I know I'm going to sound like one of those horrible like Daily Mail colonels, but <laughs> she always looked more beautiful without all that makeup. I mean, she's such a pretty girl. I mean, but, but she, she was she was a very, very beautiful lady, a very beautiful woman. And she played that part to perfection. She was always really, really good well, at this, it. Well, this time around, um, I, you hear a little bit of it last time, but the um, the ring's mic'd up a way better than it used to be. She can really hear her, hear her shouting. She sounds a bit like Courtney Love, which I quite enjoy yeah. when she shouts. She was quite sort of shrill. Um, th- this match also shouldn't have happened. This was another oh. uh, legal issue. So shortly before uh, WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels has turned on his long-term... Uh, tag team partner Marty Gennetti yes uh, and thrown him through the glass plate window of the interview uh, area called the barbershop uh, which was Brutus Beefcake who was recovering from having his face smashed in yes so the um so they did these kind of little sets, these sort of like yeah. little kind of like theater Piper's shows. Pits, yeah. or Adrian Adonis had the flower shop, or <laughs> Chris Jericho later. He, did. Uh, he had uh, his one, which I've forgotten the name of because it's uh, it, uh, it, it seems so far away. The idea of thinking of things outside the eighties are literally impossible. <laughs> but Bruce the Barber Beefcake had the barber shop, yeah, uh, and so they, they'd interview people, and angles mm. would happen on there, right? And Shawn Michaels had thrown Marty Jannetty through, and the idea clearly was that they would have a good opening match at WrestleMania. Right. Uh, what happens, though, of course, is that um, weeks after this has gone out on TV, mm. uh, Marty Jannetty is arrested. Uh, he is with a 19-year-old female companion. They're trying to get into a nightclub, and she has a fake ID. Um, uh, as they sort of have a to-do, Jannetty mm. uh, grabbed a policeman's arm to pull him away. Right. Uh, they arrested him, and he was found to be in possession of less than one gram of cocaine. Right. So, unusually, I think I think certainly nowadays, they said to Jannetty, okay, well, let's see what happens. Jannetty got six months of house arrest. Wow. <laughs> now, I don't know if you understand, in the wrestling business, you've got to leave your house. <laughs> so he You can't have a literal house show. <laughs> you can't have a house show at your house. So, uh, he's there for six months and then they when when that arrest was over they just brought him back right I think had it been any other point in history they probably would have got rid of him for that funnily enough mm. Tully Blanchard of the Brain Busters he was fired for, for cocaine possession right and that would have happened in about 89 yes so there was precedent for him going so it's it, I mean yeah I, I guess at this time it's like oh, I mean it's, it's it's the lesser of that 50 is, evils to be honest having Marty Jannetty pull around a policeman and be found with illegal <laughs> drugs is so far beneath everything else that is a nightmare that they, they just sort of go do you know what you take care of it they, they, it means that Tito Santana gets a, 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 a match mm. with someone who's really 
talented. Shawn yeah. Michaels here is really clicking. And in this era where they've given everyone gimmicks, so Tito Santana is now El Matador, mm. um, Shawn Michaels doesn't really have a gimmick. Well, he gets Shawn given, Michaels is Shawn. Well, he gets given like a sexy gimmick. like Mr. Like, And what I like about it, it's, good, it's a good theme, the music's pretty good, mm. but it kind of... It's kind of a diss because it's like he's got nothing going for them. Because the actual lyrics are just, he's just a sexy boy. <laughs> he's just a sexy boy. Yeah. Nothing else. He's just a sexy boy. He, he's the first person who actually goes, What am I like? And how can this be a character? And so, where you get Rick Rude doing it, there's well, something. Well, he's a sexy uh, Like, he's a legitimate sexy boy. Yeah. I've yeah, made yeah. that very clear. He, not only sexy, it's worth repeating, he, he could knock people out with an open handed slap. <laughs> Double sexy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, sure, Michaels, he's got this thing where he's sort of going, I'm actually arrogant and above all these people here mm. who look like, you know, lumberjacks or hamburger people. <laughs> um, and he gets it across in the character. And, yeah. and that obviously makes him a huge star coming mm. up. But you can see it here. And in this era where they're giving everyone really stupid gimmicks, and this lasts for another year, sooner or... I mean, you never see him at WrestleMania, but there was a bloke who was uh, essentially a minotaur. <laughs> 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 and you get Bastian Booger, who is essentially again it's hard to say what he is the idea I think is he's like a bogey he's just right. a bogey he's a bogey I mean imagine <laughs> this level of, of thing so Shawn Michaels is the first one where they sort of go you're a bit like that right. so you're going to be that and he's the one who ends up you know really dominating the business for the next decade I was thinking about this earlier on has there ever been a wrestler that's gimmick is that he's got two heads on more than one head no the like closest. a Siamese like a Siamese kind of character ah now you say that that rings a slight bell I I, mm. I I can tell you there is the, the the what's regarded as being one of the worst gimmicks of all time was in WCW in about 1990. Uh, it was taken over by a bloke who used to be in charge of Pizza Hut. And oh no! He wanted uh, he came Pizza up with man. this idea for uh, for his tag team, and over the years there've been some you know there've been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle wrestlers, oh, so there's in been Mexico and, stuff. Yeah, okay, and, okay. and Power Rangers, and they've all been pretty bad. But he came up with uh, an idea called the Ding Dongs, and what they were were they were hunchbacks. And every time you tried to pin them, the hunch on their back would make it impossible for both of their shoulders to go down. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you end up with. He was basically the bloke. He also wanted to repackage Ric Flair. He said, get a haircut and we'll put an earring in you and we'll call you Spartacus. I mean, it was just (laughs) insane. (laughs) I mean, again, ah, I'd love to have seen more from him. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just the. Um, it's has, like they they roll a d twelve, like they, a d twelve dice, and go. Yeah, there, you there are going been, to be the hunchback. Yeah, I, well, it's, I mean, I mean, the WWE as well. Over the next few years, you get everyone's got a job. You see it in this one, like Repo Man. Yeah, IRS is a tax lawyer. Mm. You then get Duke Drozzy, who is a bin man. I mean, it really is just whatever you can think of, you can be. <laughs> uh, uh, famously, when Stone Cold Steve Austin first came in, they were sort of going, "What are you?" And they went, "Why don't we make him essentially like a hitman character?" And we'll call him Chili McFreeze. Chili <laughs> McFreeze? <laughs> it's so, Where's that come it's from? It's so bad. There was, uh, back in the 70s or early 80s, there was a, I think there was a, Gene LaBelle had a wrestler called The Creature, and they all said he was built in a lab. And back then, people were just like, that is a disgusting thing. And they had to sort of go, oh, we're really sorry, it's just a man. <laughs> I mean, it, it all changes. We're so but sorry. Has there been, this is more of your exciting booking. My booking, yeah. A two-headed wrestler. It's a papier-mâché head, like, a, like made out of an old balloon.
<laughs> like those I'd love that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah. like press things that you see <laughs> for radio where they've gone well the character's got two heads you've got to do something and it's just like Sapphire <laughs> Beeble Rock Show isn't it yeah. <laughs> and it is just like a school art project that'd oh, be great oh those kind of like where you have like five men in front of you you've got these two sticks for, to, <laughs> two sticks on your arms and two sticks on your legs and you've got this men and you're just like, Eric Andre did a great skit where he went into like an adult store with five versions of himself and he's got I just want to buy a dildo I just want to buy <laughs> smashing into things and getting thrown but the problem is like when you get thrown out they're grabbing one of the fake men because <laughs> you you're at the back of it <laughs> trying to push this I fake man out I do wonder if you'd be a great booker or a like, <laughs> legendarily bad one and either way I feel it's something I need to clear up before I die talk to us muscle cat talk to us muscle cat we can help you <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me make it clear he wants nothing to do with this show <laughs> <laughs> um, John Lister uh, contacted me on Twitter to say uh, it's quite good in the pre-match stare down Tito Santana does tell Shawn Michaels you have a booger on your nose nice really really good I like that I mean, I mean, but also Tito consummate pro yeah <laughs> mate you're, yeah. you're going to go out in front of thousands Ex- of people this is going to this is going to last forever people will be doing like long long form podcasts <laughs> <laughs> Shawn Michaels really gone uh, the what the, Tito would go don't worry about it it's it's going to be a form of audio entertainment that's not yet been uh, developed. And like in one episode, they won't even get to the matches. They'll talk about yeah. um, the, the the steroid and uh, and, 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 and child rape and, abuse. <laughs> and he'll say at this moment where I say you've got a booger on your nose, something that seems absolutely you know unimportant <laughs> will be the only fact that people will remember about it, and they'll do that for nearly an hour. And Shawn Michaels will say, "Well." Kill me now. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I'm gone. Because the future sounds awful. <laughs> Dreadful. He's not wrong. Uh, no, correct. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, <laughs> uh, we need to chip off, but we'll be back with the rest of uh, WrestleMania. Good God. I, f- I feel for the people listening to this now. I think we're really, really, really wasting their time. Mate, I'm having it. It's, you know, we're in the weeds. Hey, I'm it. This is you, exactly what it's about. Got a bit of law? Look, we need to talk about this so we can talk about the fucking main event, which is Hulk Hogan against an imbecile. So, no, we're, not, we're not having this. Um, if you want to get just to the show, it's uh, WrestleMePod. At WrestleMePod on Twitter. Oh, yeah, at WrestleMePod uh, on Twitter. And also, is it show at WrestleMePod.com? I think it, it is, yeah. yeah. yeah it but is, yeah. but you, can always, you can always give us a shout, and it's really good to hear from everyone. It's really It makes it so much more fun. Oh, brilliant. I mean, we we'll really plow through it. some more messages yeah. uh, in the and, next and show. And thanks but... also to everyone who's been leaving um, reviews and uh, ratings on iTunes. Yes. It's been, uh, it's been great to see that. It's been really sort of it's exciting. Been noted. Thank you very much. It's been noted. Yes, yes. We, we, don't, we don't take you for granted. We really appreciate it. No, exactly. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your friends. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more from uh, Wrestlemania 8 yep and I am going to uh, give you uh, probably a bit more about George the Horian so that's uh. something if you're interested in Pennsylvania urologist <laughs> this is the podcast to listen to <laughs> I've also uh, made a concatenated um, compilation slash montage of Gorilla Monsoon saying will you stop <laughs> which he says about 50 times during this Wrestlemania right. so look out for that next week I'm going to end with uh, a traditional sign off which is me uh, and Pete wrestling in an empty room with both of us screaming the phrase my eye one two three my eye bye normally being a little extra can be a bit much But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.